It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. What do we collectively face? Not somewhere out on the horizon, but now, and more so with each passing day. Consider this quote from Henry Wallace. A fascist is one whose lust for money and or power is combined with such an intensity of intolerance toward those of other races, parties, classes, religions, cultures, regions, nations, as to make him ruthless in his use of deceit or violence to attain his ends. End quote. Yes, fascism. It is here. It is now. What is the primary factor that has facilitated the horizon we collectively face? Populations that so far have actively or passively supported the cancer of criminal control. From the writings of researcher Stanley Milgram, who conducted the infamous Milgram experiments titled Obedience to Authority. Quote, with numbing regularity, good people were seen to buckle under the demands of authority and perform actions that were callous and severe. Men who are in everyday life responsible and decent were seduced by the trappings of authority, by the control of their perceptions, and by the uncritical acceptance of the experimenter's definition of the situation into performing harsh acts. A substantial proportion of people do what they are told to do, irrespective of the content of the act and without limitations of conscience, so long as they perceive that the command comes from a legitimate authority. End quote. Again, Stanley Milgram from The Obedience to Authority, 1965. If you're unaware of what the Milgram experiments were, please investigate. It is a shocking expose of what human beings will do to another human being if they simply believe they're being told to do so by someone they believe to have authority. Question, in how many ways have global power structures utilized this alarming human trait of obedience to perceived authority to carry out their agendas and objectives? All the examples could never be quantified. In this broadcast, the headlines that the majority still refuse to investigate, let alone acknowledge. What factors will most immediately determine our near-term collective future? Stay tuned. If you don't believe the wider horizon is as bad as we are being told, you're right. It's far worse than we're being told. Unimaginably worse. But turning two blind eyes to the oncoming train won't save us. Denial will only ensure our collective near-term demise. If there is intelligent life anywhere else in the universe, and if such a life form was observing the behavior of the human race taken as a whole, the only conclusion that could be reached is that our species is utterly and totally insane. Again, taken as a whole. And yes, there are many exceptions for which I am extraordinarily grateful, but so many are playing the part of obedient minions in the power structure script of near-term self-annihilation. Let's cover some headlines. First, this footnote. Veterans Day has come and gone. What's that all about? Really, what's it all about? Let's start with this. From last week, 20 years after 
9-11. More than 2,700 U.S. veterans call for a new investigation of 9-11. It's about time. So now we have well over 3,000 of the world's top architects and engineers stating on the record that all available evidence proves the official narrative on 9-11 is total fabrication. We have a peer-reviewed science study from a U.S. science institution proving World Trade Center Building 7 was brought down by controlled demolitions. That's the third high-rise that collapsed that day that most don't know about. And now we have 2,700 veterans calling for a real investigation of what happened on 9-11. And again, shockingly, the vast majority, as I stated, are completely clueless about the third high-rise to collapse on 9-11. Shouldn't that be a massive red flag all by itself? How many willfully blind, flag-waving, self-proclaimed patriots are there who still refuse to investigate any of the factors I just mentioned about the events of 9-11. I can never recall how many times I've been asked, why would elements of our government carry out a false flag event like 9-11? Question mark. Here's the more logical question. Why wouldn't they? How crystal clear should this equation be? A money printing criminal cabal masquerading as the U.S. government needs to invade other countries to illegally confiscate their resources, starting with oil. The government cartel knows they must have the blind and unquestioning support of the U.S. population to launch such military adventures in other parts of the world. So they needed a new Pearl Harbor-like event. That event was 9-11. Not just the World Trade Center Towers, three of them, but the Pentagon hit and the Shanksville crater. How many have ever taken the time on that note to dig up and examine the post-impact photos of the Pentagon and the Shanksville impact? If you can still find the actual photos, tell me with a straight face that a jumbo jet was involved in either case. Did the wreckage just disappear on impact? Then as now, fear is the core catalyst that compels conformity. Just as was the case with the Milgram experiments mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, the vast majority will, and all too often do, behave like sheep. They will do almost anything they're told to do if they believe someone in authority is telling them to do so. About the U.S. military veterans, yes, my heart bleeds for the price they have paid. I gave to disabled American veterans for 20 years and the Veterans of Foreign Wars Fund for the same amount of time. I worked as a volunteer to help with disabled vet physical therapy. But here's the truth that more and more are finally beginning to face. The U.S. military is not spreading freedom and democracy all over the world. They're doing the bidding of empire, procuring resources for the empire, for the controllers of the empire. It has always been so. On the subject of empire and programmed patriotism, consider this timeless message from Mark Twain. Quote, man is the only patriot. He sets himself apart in his own country, under his own flag, and sneers at the other nations, and keeps multitudinous uniformed assassins on hand at heavy expense to grab slices of other people's countries, and to keep them from grabbing slices of his. And in the intervals between campaigns, he washes the blood off his hands and works for the, quote, universal brotherhood of man, end quote, with his mouth. Not only have U.S. military personnel always been used for cannon fodder by the controllers at the top, they have also been used as lab rats 
for countless biological experiments, not an opinion, a fact of record. Here's two example headlines from National Public Radio. Here's the first. Veterans used in secret experiments sue U.S. military for answers. And there's this also from NBR. Secret World War II chemical experiments tested on U.S. troops. And these examples are not even scratching the surface. And if you think U.S. civilian populations weren't treated in exactly the same manner, think again. Here's a 1977 headline from the Washington Post. Army conducted 239 secret open-air germ warfare tests on U.S. civilians. Business as usual. If you think anything has changed, think again. Now, the controllers are openly dictating to populations that they must conform. But the awakening is underway. From NPR, NBC, CBS, CNN, and every other major source, this headline. Ten states sue Biden over COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Why are the healthcare workers so reluctant? You decide. With billions of injections already administered, Bill Gates makes the following statements. Listen carefully. Economic damage, the, you know, the deaths, it's been completely horrific. And I would expect that will lead the R&D budgets to be focused on things we didn't have today. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new a new way of doing the vaccine. Well, that was an interesting statement from Mr. Gates, wasn't it? Let me repeat that. We got vaccines to help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. And then this, we need a new way of doing the vaccines, end quote, from Mr. Bill Gates. You heard him say it with his own mouth. Anyone remember the Bill Gates-sponsored Event 201? The global coronavirus pandemic exercise that was carried out literally days before the actual event unfolded? Be ready. The party's just getting started. On that note, this headline from Bloomberg.com. Israel holds war games to prepare for more lethal COVID strain. Israel on Thursday began a nationwide drill to test its readiness in the event of an outbreak of a new, more lethal COVID-19 variant. What do they know that we don't know? And in regard to other CB19 protocols, from foxnews.com, this, Florida's largest school district ends mask mandates. And about the masks, from numerous major media sources, this, security guard stabs grocery shopper in fight over face masks, California police say. Divide and conquer the controller plan for society's around the world. And now let's add this. Nearly 29,000 tons of COVID plastic now floats in oceans, study finds. The study was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. No surprise, our once thriving planet being pushed further over the edge by the CV-19 scenario. On that note, let's transition to the bottom line factor that's fueling the freight train of insanity that's unfolding on planet Earth, the abrupt collapse of the planet's life support systems. This headline on that theme, global elite, quote, fear a rebellion is brewing, end quote, says CEO of large doomsday bunker builder. 
question. How long do the global controllers believe they can hide out in their holes? What happens when one of the not-so-happy surface survivors finds the air vents to such a bunker? You decide. As the horizon darkens, the next report, not surprisingly, attempts to pacify populations with Pollyanna propaganda. From Time Magazine, this headline, We can beat climate change if we do one thing fast. From that report, Quote, we need to electrify everything. It further states we need more wind turbines, solar farms, hydroelectric, geothermal, nuclear facilities to make the extra electricity, it says. And not surprisingly, electric cars are pushed as a, again, a Pollyanna cure to our rapidly dying planet. The report then states the electrified future can be, quote, awesome. The planet needs the one billion new machines in our basements, kitchens, utility closets, garages, and driveways to be electric and powered by renewables in order to heal itself. Final statement from this report, we need a point of sale and upstream rebate, as well as low-cost financing and other incentives to make those machines financially viable and to get us toward our goal. Truly, it's hard to find the words for that one. What a rant of total delusion. Again, about so-called renewable energy, take the time to investigate what you're not being told. Search for and view the documentary Planet of the Humans and about nuclear power being pushed as a cure to the unfolding planetary omnicide, worse than delusion. The triple nuclear volcano known as Fukushima continues unabated. The Chernobyl sarcophagus is disintegrating, which will again release that dragon. And we have another 440 aging nuke plants to deal with, any one of which could be an extinction-level event by itself. And for the record, climate engineering is radically ramping up the nuke meltdown danger due to the damage geoengineering operations are inflicting on our protective atmosphere. The ozone layer is disintegrating. Climate engineering is the core causal factor. Without this life-preserving layer, Earth is becoming perilously vulnerable to CMEs, coronal mass ejections, i.e. solar flares. Now, a major CME, like the Carrington event in the 1800s, would cause grids to shut down around the world. Nuke plants then can't cool their reactors. The result? Fukushima times several hundred. Game over. And still, the climate intervention insanity is pushed, as if it is our last option to save ourselves from ourselves. From IOPscience.org. This new headline, Modification of Cirrus Clouds to Reduce Global Warming. How's that working out so far? Not so well. Although they don't admit it's been deployed. Abstract from that science report. Greenhouse gases and cirrus clouds regulate outgoing long-wave radiation. That's OLR. And cirrus cloud coverage is predicted to be sensitive to the ice fall speed, which depends on ice crystal size. The report then states the higher the cirrus, the greater their impact is on OLR. Thus, by changing ice crystal size in the coldest cirrus clouds, OLR and climate might be modified. Could, may, might. It certainly has been. Report then states this, a potential delivery mechanism for the seeding material is already in place. The airline industry. That's exactly what they state on this report. And this statement isn't a surprise for anyone who's honestly and objectively researched the geoengineering issue. We have up-close photographs of retrofit nozzles on commercial carriers mounted on the pylons aimed into the exhaust jet stream to make aerosol dispersions 
look like they're condensation. That's the official narrative. It's just condensation. You can't turn condensation on and off, and it doesn't come out of a nozzle aimed at the exhaust jet stream. The denial on the geoengineering issue is beyond comprehension when there's such a mountain of indisputable facts, film footage, photographs. The evidence is overwhelming, and yet the denial persists. This report from IOP Science then states this, since seeding aerosol residence times in the troposphere are relatively short, the climate might return to its normal state within months after stopping the geoengineering operations. Again, mind-numbing total disinformation. Covert global climate intervention operations have just stated have been ongoing for over 75 years with catastrophic results. And when these operations are halted by willful cessation or total collapse, the damage done will remain and manifest for what will likely be millions or tens of millions of years. But wait, all the honest governments around the world will make everything okay, right? By putting a stop to all their pollution and planetary plundering, right? Not so much. From the Washington Post and other sources, countries' climate pledges built on flawed data, post-investigation finds. It's all lies. We are likely past three and a half degrees C of warming right now. And the entire so-called academic community, the climate science community, is pretending that we're going to somehow stay below one and a half degrees C of warming. Total deception. Everything's being falsified to the downside. We are far further into the sixth great mass extinction than anyone has officially even begun to acknowledge. And the warming is far more advanced than any source is even hinting toward. Next headline, at the edge of the abyss, the emissions reports are so unwieldy that the United Nations does not have a complete database to track country emissions. Some 45 countries have not reported any new greenhouse gas numbers since 2009. It's all a facade, all to keep business as usual until the last possible moment, at which point collapse occurs with blinding speed. From the UK Guardian and other sources, this, COP26, world on track for disastrous heating of more than 2.4 C, says Key Report. Again, blatant lie. It's far worse than this report states. From that report, Research from the world's top climate analysis coalition contrasts sharply with last week's optimism at COP26. The first week of the COP26 talks were dominated by a rush of announcements, including commitments on preserving forests, private sector finance for clean energy, and countries phasing out coal. Some of these quickly started to unravel these commitments as countries appeared to renege or clarify some of their commitments. Here's a summary of the COP26 International Climate Conference. Nothing more than scripted mass distraction while the behind-closed-doors agenda of pushing climate engineering operations is carried out. Here's one more climate collapse cover-up fact from the UK Guardian. World's militaries avoiding scrutiny over emissions, scientists say. Countries do not have to include armed forces emissions in their targets. Imagine that. Convenient for the U.S. military, which, for the record, is the largest single-source polluter on the planet. Second and third belong to China and Russia. But hey, there's this bit of uplifting news from NBC. This headline, In surprise move, U.S. and China vow to work together on climate change. The report states the unexpected announcement was 
light on details, no surprise, but it gave a jolt of momentum to the UN Climate Summit in Scotland. Newsflash, all major powers, in fact, all global governments, with few exceptions, are and have been actively or passively colluding and cooperating on countless fronts. Climate intervention operations and the CB19 scenario are two primary pillars in this equation. Question, how much longer can the systematic decimation of the planet continue until it's a, a lifeless ball of rock? Far too many are gulping down claims that they want to believe are true, but that any functional sense of reason should tell them is completely false. So how do we sort out the truth regarding the climate or the state of the climate when there's so many conflicting narratives? Start with eliminating ideology, preconceptions, bias, and programming, which is much easier said than done. Exercise your sense of reason and logic. Again, easier said than done. As the proverb goes, a fool believes what he thinks, the wise, what they can see. Not surprisingly, as biosphere collapse goes exponential, and as many begin to wake to the fact that the human race has laid waste to our formerly thriving planet, with the climate intervention operations at the top of the list of destructive human activities, there's a massive pushback from the community of loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until there's nothing left. The perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources cult, which is every bit as willfully blind, by the way, as the so-called green energy will save us cult. It's not just big oil pushing the absurdly false denial of the harm the human race has inflicted on the planet. Many alternative media sources are now doing exactly the same pushing patently false narratives that claim burning and consuming 100 million barrels of hydrocarbon fuel every single day is somehow a good thing. Doing so, they say, is not only okay, but they say it's the only thing keeping the human race and the planet alive. Again, their words, not mine. The same sources and websites, not surprisingly, all too often never mention the climate engineering planetary onslaught, which is, mathematically speaking, the single greatest assault against the web of life, but not outweighing all other factors combined. Very complex equation. There are many layers. So about the exponentially rising atmospheric CO2 levels, the types of sites and sources I mentioned claim that the skyrocketing CO2 levels are wonderful, in their words, and that we need to burn even more oil and gas, and that the world's remaining forests are thriving because of the radically increased CO2 levels. Again, their words, not mine. When faced with such a narrative that would seem straight from the oil lobbyist playbook, we must stand back and utilize again our sense of reason and conduct objective research. First, are the world's forests doing better now as compared to before the Anthropocene epoch, i.e. the age of man? That question isn't hard to answer. Forests are dying and incinerating all over the world, along with oceans. The blindingly rapid escalation of atmospheric CO2 is a massive factor in both equations. For example, Earth's oceans are acidifying at a catastrophic pace. Why? Because they've been forced to absorb the vast majority of the excess atmospheric carbon, though they are now saturated and losing their ability to do so. Our oceans are superheating and, again, acidifying and thus dying by the day. When the oceans die, we will die. 
When the forests die, we will die. When the insects die, we will die. When the wildlife dies, we will die. All of it's happening concurrently. CO2 is, of course, absolutely essential for plant growth. I don't deny that under the right circumstances. And with enough available nutrients, more CO2 does translate to more plant growth, but not across the board. And the added growth can and generally does come with consequences of diminished plant nutrient value. First, consider this. Water is the most essential element of life, correct? Humans can only survive a few days without it. But what if you found yourself 10 feet underwater? What then? How long would you live? Humans have not adapted to live underwater, and if such an adaptation were ever to occur, it would take untold millions of years of evolution. Why would plant life be any different? Answer, it's not. The Earth's atmospheric chemistry has been radically altered in the geologic blink of an eye, not just the CO2 increase of 50% since the start of the Industrial Revolution, but also atmospheric methane, which has recently been measured at levels as high as 4,000 parts per billion. That's almost seven times higher than it's been for many millions of years. And methane over a 10-year time horizon is 120 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas. There's also obviously countless other atmospheric pollutants and chemicals, all of which are not only radically altering atmospheric chemistry, but also completely derailing global weather patterns, in addition to trapping an ever-increasing amount of heat. And the largest factor of all, which the, quote, we need to burn more oil, in quote, sites and sources don't address, the crown jewel of the human assault on planet Earth and the entire web of life, the climate intervention operations, which are also trapping more overall heat in our atmosphere. If climate engineering operations had never been deployed, the planet would have much more effectively responded to the damage being inflicted by the human race. Although there would be heating, we'd have a more intact atmosphere. We wouldn't have soils and waters completely contaminated all over the globe, contaminating root systems, killing trees from the bottom up while the damaged atmosphere kills them from the top down. The life-protecting ozone layer, which I mentioned earlier, would still be intact had climate engineering operations never been deployed. Photosynthesis is also being radically impacted by the climate engineering solar radiation management cloud canopies. The highly toxic climate engineering elements that are not only used to create the toxic haze in our skies, but also to chemically ice nucleate atmospheric moisture to engineer temporary surface winter weather whiplash cooldowns. Geoengineering is being used to systematically cut off precipitation to forests and food crops in numerous locations. Climate intervention operations are a weapon of war, nothing less. Search the engineering winter section, the engineering drought section, and the engineering wildfire section, all on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. All this being said, it's imperative to remember and consider the entire equation regarding the unfolding and accelerating collapse of Earth's remaining life support systems is, as stated, complex and with many layers. It's not a this or that equation. It's a this and that scenario. Any and every form of human activity that affects the planet's energy balance and atmospheric chemistry is a part of the problem, is a part of the equation. Climate engineering operations are at the top of the list of catastrophic human activities. We're living in an ever more extreme asylum, and if we collectively remain on the current course, the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute party will very soon be over, and the end will come with blinding speed.
more breaking bad news reports in a moment. First, I want to express my deepest gratitude, as always, to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source. Reaching a critical mass of awareness, again, is the only way forward in this fight. And in doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voice heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It's our collective actions that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 327, November 13th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critical information that covers the issues we must collectively face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free, frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Washington State, on the East Coast, in Alabama, San Antonio, Texas, Tampa, Florida, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, and Columbus, Ohio. I want to express my deepest gratitude to all those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org expand our voice to so many major locations. Those that have helped in this effort know who they are. Recordings of the weekly Global Alert News broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness-raising printed materials can be ordered from our homepage for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Our color-glossy flyers and booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of the retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft. The list goes on and on. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. On that note... The recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. It can be viewed for free. We have not monetized anything on this documentary, and it took great expense and effort to produce. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing this link. Again, this groundbreaking documentary fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and geoengineeringwatch.org data. A very dedicated ally in the fight to expose and halt the climate engineering assault is the GEMFAIR group, G-E-M-F-A-I-R-E. At every Gym Fair event, there's a geoengineeringwatch.org informational booth with free geoengineeringwatch.org materials. If you go to a Gym Fair event to show your support for the Gym Fair group and for the geoengineering issue, if you tell the Ticketmaster you're there to pick up materials, they will let you into the event for free. This week's Gym Fair event started yesterday and tomorrow in Puyallup, Washington at the Washington State Fair Events Center. For future events, go to the Gym Fair site. You can find a schedule of events there. Moving on. In regard to man playing God with the life support systems of the planet, from the Indian Council on Global Relations, Indian as in India, this new headline report, Making Terrestrial Geoengineering Technologies Viable, an Opportunity for India-Canada Climate Leadership. From that report, in the search for other strategies that can help bring climate change under control, The report states two distinct approaches have emerged. The first is atmospheric climate engineering, which is unlikely to attack the buildup of greenhouse gases that are the underlying cause of global warming, but will try to offset the effects by modifying global weather. It's not unlikely to in any way mitigate the buildup of greenhouse gases. How could it? 
it simply makes the entire equation worse. The report then states specific approaches pose uncertainty, but potentially serious risks. No kidding. They then state there are also real dangers that the new technologies could be used as weapons. Could? What a facade. What a farce all of it is. And the whole of academia sitting on the sidelines, towing the line for the power structure, pretending that climate engineering isn't ongoing, let alone being the crown jewel weapon of the entire global controller complex. Crown jewel weapon, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. The report then states this, research must continue through international peer-reviewed mechanisms, but nations must recognize that non-consensual exploitation of climate engineering can have harmful environmental effects and can lead to a new kind of weather and environmentally related warfare. With any attempt at mitigating the effects of global warming, the natural climate of Earth must be left as untouched as possible. Untouched? It's completely derailed at this point. And the whole of academia is still pretending it's not going on. In Northern California, on the east side of Lake Shasta, on Monday, November 8th, the weather radar loop showed pouring rain for several hours. But not a single drop happened at the surface. Just featureless skies with a drifting toxic cloud canopy and an endless parade of jets that were audible above the toxic canopy. All this going on directly above my head, even though my region isn't under any flight path. This is climate engineering operations in full force. The climate engineers are firehosing moisture into parts of the western U.S., aerosolizing it and dispersing it. The result is a massive extent of generally rainless and often featureless solar radiation management cloud canopy. Once the moisture passes, the heat returns very rapidly. The UV radiation is extremely intense. We're truly in uncharted territory. We're hurling toward what is scientifically termed an abrupt climate collapse, being further fueled overall by the climate intervention insanity. And those that still refuse to believe what's unfolding won't have the option of denial for much longer. Also, late last week, the geoengineers manipulated a column of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico. The straight south to north atmospheric river was steered with ground-based radio frequency microwave transmission facilities. They're transmissions from which we can easily see and are monitoring. This flow of far above freezing temperature moisture was pushed again straight north to regions near the Great Lakes and the Canadian border where the Gulf of Mexico moisture suddenly flashes out to frozen precipitation. This anomalous change is also very visible on radar loops. A profound surface cool down is created. Cold air is dense. It settles to the surface and lingers for a while. The chemical ice nucleating elements, these are patented elements in climate engineering, chemical ice nucleation for weather modification patents. This causes an endothermic reaction in the cloud moisture, an energy absorbing reaction that nucleates ice at far above normal temperature, starts that process very early, and that energy-absorbing reaction creates a cold, dense layer that descends to the surface, thus cooling surface temperatures. The chemical nucleating elements are similar to what you see in ski resorts when they can blow snow on a mountain that's otherwise bare. Same processes are being used in the clouds with tankers that can carry 100 tons of materials in one Payload. 
this flow of moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico was then pushed toward the eastern U.S., where again, a surface cooldown occurred. Weather whiplash is becoming the norm. Flash cooldowns followed by rapid rebounds of warming. Welcome to weather whack-a-mole, a direct result of covert climate engineering operations. If you think that those in control aren't fully aware of what's unfolding on the wider horizon, think again. They've been acutely aware of the final destination that the current course leads to. The controllers are the primary navigators that plotted this course. This is exactly why they have carried out projects like the Doomsday Seed Vault in the Arctic Circle. If you're not aware of the Doomsday Seed Vault, investigate. It's in Norway, as I said, in the Arctic Circle. And yes, Bill Gates was involved, not surprisingly. And unfortunately, the rapid northern warming has already begun to thaw the mountain that surrounds this facility. A thawing that occurred about 100 years ahead of schedule, based on what the builders had planned. As I've stated on this broadcast many, many times, biosphere collapse has beat the controller to the intersection. CV-19 is their response. What else would we, should we expect? How can we fix what's unfolding? We're told we just need to start planting trees. For example, in the tens of millions of acres of forest that are now burning annually, But there's a problem. You can't just plant trees and expect them to live anymore in so many locations. They aren't growing if they're surviving at all. Trees in my location on the east side of Lake Shasta, and this is even in the non-burned areas, do not survive the winter anymore. Previous planting success rates about 15 years ago or longer were about 95%, meaning 95% of the trees planted, plugs that are genetically adapted to this region of pine, and fir, again, about a 95% success rate. Now the success rate is zero. And try planting trees on the burned areas where the black surface absorbs even more heat. When we have summers that are now six and seven months long instead of three months long. Again, this is in the western U.S. and northern California. Other parts of the country are under constant deluge. But that, again, is the hallmark of climate engineering. Drought, deluge scenarios, weather and temperature whiplash scenarios. When you're forcing the climate system artificially, that's what happens. Moving on, another report from NewScientist.com. Lowest level of the atmosphere getting thicker due to climate change. From that report, the lowest level of the atmosphere, this is the troposphere, has been growing warmer and gaining thickness at the rate of 53 meters per decade since 2000. That might not sound alarming, but it is. Let me continue. University Cooperation for Atmospheric Research. That's another source of this article. And also the National Center for Atmospheric Research. Warming temperatures increasingly alter structure of atmosphere. I spoke about some of this earlier in this broadcast, the atmospheric chemistry changing completely. This report states new research quantifies extent of rising tropopause. Parallel article from the report. The steadily increasing height of the tropopause in recent decades they say does not significantly affect society or ecosystems, but it illustrates the wide-ranging impacts of greenhouse gas emissions. Isn't it incredible how so many reports state the incredible changes that are occurring in our planet, Earth changes, and they all claim that it's not radically affecting ecosystems, and yet the entire planet's dying. 80 to 90% decrease in global insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic. Global wildlife populations down 70% in 
in the last 40 years. Plankton populations down 60%. Global pelagic fish populations down 90%. Bluefin tuna, 98%. I could go on and on. And yet, all these sources in academia claim it's not that bad, is it? Total denial, pacifying populations until the brutal bitter end which draws near. Final excerpt from this report. Previous scientific studies have shown that the tropopause is rising. This was not only because of climate change, they say, but also because of cooling in the stratosphere associated with ozone depletion. Wait, how many articles have we seen in recent years saying the ozone layer is getting better? Total deception. And about the atmosphere thickening, again, if that doesn't alarm you, it should. This is what happened on Venus. Venus's atmosphere is 100 times more dense than Earth's. Why? Because data indicates because it underwent a runaway greenhouse effect, which is happening now on this planet, the oceans boiled off into the atmosphere. Atmosphere is 100 times more dense than the planet. And here's the problem with climate engineering that claims to mitigate the warming of the planet by making the atmosphere more reflective. Venus's atmosphere is two and a half times more reflective than Earth. How cool is it on Venus? It's 900 degrees on the surface. Apparently that didn't work out too well, did it? And we are on the same track here now. Let's bounce back to a headline on COP26 because surely they're there to save us, right? They're going to divert all this catastrophe that's unfolding. From globalwitness.org, this, flooding the zone, hundreds of fossil fuel lobbyists granted access to COP26. What a surprise. 503 to be exact. 503 fossil fuel lobbyists were admitted to the climate talks, opening the door for them to continue delaying, distracting, and deflecting from the actions we need to address the climate crisis, largely caused by their industry. It's not just their industry. Hydrocarbon fuel, carbon fuels, as I've already went over this broadcast, huge problem. Climate engineering, even bigger problem. Climate engineering, a virtual straitjacket on the planet's life support systems, preventing it from responding to the damage done. Let's add more pieces to the puzzle from the Los Angeles Times. This, climate change is now the main driver of increasing wildfire weather, study finds. Total deception, but let me elaborate. First, let's cover some of the report. In a finding that scientists believed was still decades away from becoming reality, California researchers say that climate change is now the overwhelming cause of conditions driving extreme wildfire behavior in the western United States. The report then says this, a study released last week said that global warming was essentially two-thirds to 88% responsible for the atmospheric conditions fueling increasingly destructive wildfires. And that's a conservative estimate, said the study author, Rong Fu, R-O-N-G-F-U, a climate researcher at UCLA. She stated it's happened so much faster than we previously anticipated. The study, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, looks at what's known as vapor pressure deficit which basically describes, they say, how thirsty the atmosphere is. How many times have I brought up VPD? And here's the bottom line. You cannot have less atmospheric moisture on a rapidly warming planet unless there's a factor we're not being told about, and that factor is climate engineering operations and the desiccant particles they spray that are the single largest drought-causing effect, single largest effect that's reducing atmospheric RH, atmospheric relative humidity, causing vapor pressure deficit. And what that means is if the warmer atmosphere should have a higher level of moisture in it, and it doesn't, 
That's a deficit. And that means plants, crops, shut their stomata, their respiratory ports, through which they feed and breathe, which means they cannot absorb carbon. They cannot release oxygen. The planet in a straitjacket, like I just described, linked to climate engineering operations directly. We have the whole of academia, including all those who were involved with this report, pretending that climate engineering isn't the elephant in this equation. In regard to the wildfires, single greatest factor by far, inarguably, is climate engineering operations. And here we have again another report and more so-called scientists pretending that that's not so, that climate engineering doesn't even exist. Please search the engineering wildfire sections on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And I'm not talking about the source of ignition for these fires. That's a completely separate subject. Any moron with a match can do that. What is setting the conditions for these epic burns? And that is climate engineering, which we can see on satellite imagery cutting off the precipitation from the U.S. West. Yes, that's changed recently, but this change was not scheduled until about four weeks ago. The drying out was continued to be scheduled. The, all the reports that were being fed to populations expected to get worse and worse and drier and drier, and it may resume after these first initial rains. We don't know, because the bottom line is we're not dealing with nature. We're not dealing with random acts of nature. We're dealing with intentional acts of the covert climate engineering cabal. Let's cover a few more headlines from the Financial Times. Climate change could bring near unlivable conditions for 3 billion people, say scientists. Not 3 billion, all of humanity, very soon on the current course. But this report states each degree of warming above present levels corresponds to roughly 1 billion people falling outside of climate habitability. We're at 3.5 degrees C now based on frontline actual temperature readings. So where does that put us in this equation? Another headline from CBC Canada, Northern Lakes losing ice coverage due to climate change, study finds. From that report, Lake Superior has lost more than 60 days of ice coverage during winter months. Another headline, Lake Effects Snow due to record warm Great Lakes. We are seeing this over and over. The climate engineers creating airflows over the lakes, picking up the moisture and dumping it in places like Buffalo where they can create a sensationalized headline of all the snow, snow, snow that might only be a, a band five miles wide and they pretend that there's some ferocious winter going on. It's simply an engineered event with moisture they picked up off the warm Great Lakes that no longer have ice cover on them. Another headline from numerous sources, major early season snowstorm hits northern China. Same scenario happening there as what I described in the U.S., this report states in some of these regions, blizzards are expected to drop over 40 centimeters of snow. Residents are advised to stay indoors and local authorities to take precautions. Again, major media covered the Chinese creating snowstorms. Search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. You'll find Fox News and Popular Science covered it. But now, the whole of academia in the U.S. especially, pretending that climate engineering isn't going on and ignoring that type of media coverage from what China's doing. Here's one more headline on China's weather modification assault. 58,000 agricultural facilities in China to be affected by record snowstorms. Winter weather warfare. Search that section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Changing gears, are any more volcanoes going off? Yes, here's one. Increased gas emissions at White Island Volcano and volcanic VOG produced in New Zealand. And here's a follow-up on the La Palma eruption. We're told that the eruption may be waning along with the earthquakes, but for how long? 
Was all the seismic activity connected to the eruptions? Let's consider this fun fact from the devastating 2011 Japanese earthquake and tsunami. Consider this headline from technologyreview.com. That's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Here's the headline. Atmosphere above Japan heated rapidly before M9 earthquake. May 18, 2011, infrared emissions directly above the epicenter increased dramatically in the days before the devastating earthquake in Japan, scientists say. Think about that. Extremely anomalous atmospheric heating for days directly above the epicenter. Scientists can't explain it. And this is exactly the signature we would expect with an ionosphere heater transmission like that the HARP facility produces, and there's about 100 of these ionosphere for heaters around the globe, they can bounce this signal off a reflective atmosphere, reflective because of the electrically conductive particulates that are being dispersed by climate engineering operations, and they can beam this transmission back down into Earth's strata in seismically sensitive zones, and when you heat strata enough in a seismically sensitive location, what would we think would happen? If you want to see hard data on this subject, search this title. Are microwave transmission weapons of mass destruction being used to trigger catastrophic earthquakes? Review that report. How many covert weapons do the controllers have at their disposal? How can we ever know? Answer, we can't. But what should be crystal clear at this point is that sanity is absent from our reality. Their trajectory is worsening by the day, and it's not just on the part of the controllers. Again, another reminder of the Milgram experiments. It's far past time to deeply consider the following fact, which I will continue to bang the drums about. The power structure could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. The collapse of the reality we've all formerly known is a given. It's near. The previous paradigm was never sustainable, not even close. Those that are willing to stand against the darkness only if they can maintain their belief that the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute party will somehow magically continue via some as-of-yet-unknown new technology will likely eventually abandon the front line of the fight to expose and halt the insanity the moment they can no longer deny what's coming. However, those that are fully committed to doing what is right because it is right because it is our responsibility for our children, for the web of life. Indeed, it is our responsibility to our maker. Such individuals will summon the courage to stand against the gathering storm and against the fading of the light. Like the 300 Spartans in the Battle of Thermopylae, such an army of the fully awake and fearless can and perhaps will stand fast against all odds. It's not over till it's over, as the proverb goes. It is absolutely imperative to make every day count. We must reach a critical mass of the awakened and the committed. It's the only way forward in this fight. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.